Thanks for tuning in to the Velocity Podcast. We love to hear about life change in our church. So if you have a story about how God has used Velocity to make a difference in your life, send an email at amen at findvelocity.org. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Church, how are you today? You feeling good? Man, it's so, so good to be here with you. Uh, like Josh said, my name is Andrew, and my wife and I have the great and distinct pleasure of serving as the pastor over this campus of Velocity Church. And I just want to first start with gratitude and honor. And I think if we start anything in our life, if we start uh, just little by little, start with gratitude and honor, you could watch how your, your life gets better. But I want to start with that today for our senior pastors, our lead pastors, I should say. We, we've stopped saying senior pastors because he's not old. But our lead pastors, can we, can we give them honor? Can we give them gr- gratitude this morning? Well, we wouldn't be in this room. I would not be here on this platform with this microphone. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be the husband that I am, the future father that I'm going to be, and the, the amazing, uh, and the, the leader that I am without these amazing leaders right here. And so I just am so thankful for them. And we're in a habit series, a series about habits. And so I just want to highlight one habit that I really love about them. And uh, I think in leadership, it's much easier not to be vulnerable. But our leaders have a habit of being vulnerable. And I think all of us would agree that we'd rather have leaders who are always real and not always right. And something about our leaders is they are right most of the time, like 99% of the time. I'm glad I did my six-month review this week and not <laughs> after this. But we have leaders that are honest. We have leaders who open up their lives to us. We have leaders who are real. And I'm just so thankful for the opportunity to serve under people who are honest, who have great integrity, that have great vulnerability. So can we give them honor one more time? <laughs> Amen. Well, if you are just joining us for the first time today, we're in a message series, four parts, and week two of a message series we're calling Force of Habit. Force of Habit, where we're looking, I want to get this right, we're looking, learning that daily decisions create habits that either drag us down or help us become the person God created us to be. And so our pastor and our team have created a couple things that I just want to highlight really quick that will help you engage with this series. It will help you engage with this time of year of new resolutions and new goals. And the first thing I want to invite you to join in on is our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so this is simply what prayer and fasting is, is fasting is putting down something so you can put up more prayer. It's putting down something in our lives that is not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just something in our life that we do so we can have more time to commune with God, more time to connect with our God. And, and so for me, I'm fasting for, for two weeks. I'm in week two now of fasting sports and visual media, and I'm praying, I'm living by faith and not by sight that the Chiefs are going to play in February. Can I get a good amen? <laughs> but... But that's one thing you could do. You could do social media. You could do visual media like Netflix or Amazon Prime, whatever you stream on. You could do food. You could do just portions of food. Maybe don't eat meat for two weeks, something that you love or something that you do. But I want to encourage you to engage with it because as we put things down and as we put up more prayer, God will meet you in that space. And it's the best way to start a year is to to meet with God consistently. And we've created the second thing 
that I want to talk to you about is our 21 days of guided prayer. Has anybody been engaging with that? Has anyone blessed anybody? My gosh, it is so good. So I want to encourage you to hop on that as well. You can do that really easily. You just go to VEL, this is a URL, VEL.CITY slash 21 days. You can put that in your URL, URL right now. Man, I can't talk. URL right now, and you can find that link, and you can go to it, and every day it'll be emailed to you in the morning, and that's such an amazing way to start your morning with Pastor Justin's soothing, calm voice over your morning or over at the end of your day, and I just want to invite you to do that because sometimes we don't know what to pray, and sometimes we don't even know how to pray, and even Jesus' disciples, his closest leaders that were with him, they, they asked him, Jesus, teach us to pray. And then he did the Lord's Prayer right after that. And so that's what this 21 days of prayer is all about. You can just find that at that URL. Write that down. Use it this week. It's going to make your prayer life so much better this week, I promise you. And then the last thing I want to highlight before we jump into our message is our worship night. Our worship night. I'm so excited about this night. Uh, like it said in church news, it's, it's going to be an extended night of worship and music. Pastor Justin's going to bring a message, and there's going to be one of my favorite things at Velocity that we do. It's baptisms. We're celebrating baptisms that night. So maybe God's putting it on your heart right now. If you've recently rededicated your life or, or just dedicated your life to Christ, your next step is baptism, and this is going to be an awesome night to celebrate that. And so I want to invite you to that, and we're going to have more details and invite cards that you can pick up, that you can see the details on that. So in Engage with that, and I want to invite you to that. It's going to be something small, extra in your life, but God will bless you for it. And so the, the verse, the scripture that I want to start today's message with today is really small. It's just two verses, two verses that I want to start with today, and you can find it. If you brought your Bible today, you can turn or you can click to Matthew 13, 31 through 32. And if you didn't bring a Bible, there's no worries. We're going to put the words on the screen behind me, and you can follow along that way. But this is what Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 says. It says, he told them, Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom is, of heaven is like. Does anyone want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like? Oh, man, what an amazing way to start a story. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Say mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is of the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree, so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Would you bow your heads with me as we get into the message today? And it's our custom to pray, so if you would bow your heads and, and pray with me. Lord, thank you for who you are, God, that you're a good father, that you're a loving father, you're a perfect father. And I'm thankful, God, that, that every time we open up your scripture, God, that you speak, every time we open up the Bible, you speak in a mighty and powerful way. So I'm asking you to do that again today. And God, I'm just thankful for the two promises you, that came to my heart this morning. And the first is if we remain in you, God, you will remain in us. Thank you, Lord, for that. And God, I'm thankful that for the other promise that came to my heart, that, that if we're faithful with the little, 
we will be faithful with the much. So God, help us understand just a little glimpse more of both of those promises today. And God, help me get out of the way. Help, uh, and God, I ask that anything would, that would get in the way of you preaching your word and you speaking today, God, that I just ask that it would get out of the way so you can speak in a mighty way. Lord, thank you for who you are. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. Everybody said a good amen. Amen. Well, I always love to start a message with, uh, with just getting to know the room. And so if you just engage with me, play along for just a moment, I want to know who in the room has zero live plants in their house. Zero live plants in their house. People do not like live things. It's all good. It's all good. So who in here has between two and ten live house plants? Two and ten. Two in ten, or one in, one in ten, I should say. I don't know why I skipped one. You, you don't get to engage in the message today. No. But, but I, I want to know, okay, and be bold. Where are my plant people? More than ten plants in your house. See, I told you, babe, you are insane. You are crazy. The, and you all that raise your hand, she needs friends. She needs people who are just as crazy as her that can be her friend. Well, if you didn't guess it, my wife Heather is a plant person. She loves plants. And even before we got married, I knew this about her. She loves nature. She loves animals. She loves plants, loves flowers. She loves all of that. She, that's just who she is. She loves all of those things. But I didn't think it would get this bad <laughs> in my life. Well, you see, what happened was about two years ago. We've been married for about four and a half years. And two years ago, we, we, or she, I say we, but she bought a house plant. And she brought it home. And by the grace of God, it is still living to this day. In Jesus' name, it's great. So this is awesome. She has one house plant. But what happened is she was kind of sneaky. She would wait two months, and then she'd buy another house plant. And then little by little, two months later, she would buy another houseplant. And then two months later, she would buy another houseplant. And then over the course of two years, these, I didn't even notice what was happening until we had 19 houseplants. And we have a 700-square-foot house, y'all. This is not okay. I think technically now we are considered a national state park. So you can come visit us and t check it off your list. And I actually realized, too, that over the last two years, my wife's word was uh, arboretum for the year. She was just wanting to grow an arboretum in our house. But seriously, uh, this is what the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And if you're taking notes, I'd love for you to write this down today. It's that small habits compounded over an extended period of time create the lasting results that we desire. I want to say that again, that small habits compounded over an extended period of time create the lasting results that we desire. And that's the title of my message today. And I want to encourage you to take notes, that taking notes can be a small thing. Even if you just write down one word or one sentence of what God could speak to you today, I believe as you go out your week and your month, you could go back to that one simple thing, and God will use, a, use it in a mighty way. So I encourage you to write down my title to today, and it's The Power of Small. The Power of Small. And you know... Improving by 1% isn't particularly notable. 
Improving by 1% really isn't even noticeable. But when we, the difference a tiny improvement can make over time is astonishing. So if you get 1% better each day for one year, just 1% better each day for one year, you'll be 37 times better by the end of the year. Conversely, if you get 1% worse each day, you will be near zero. And so it came, to, it came to me this week that habits are the compound interest of self-improvement. And Albert Einstein said this about compound interest, that it is the eighth wonder of the world. He who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. So what Genius Al is trying to tell you this morning is that there is power in small things. There is power in small habits. And those who plant small things, good things, earn it. And those who don't, pay it. And so it's only when looking back two or five or ten years that the value of good habits or the cost of bad ones becomes strikingly apparent. Now, some of you, even as I was saying the title of my message, you were, you were thinking in your head, you know, power and small, they, they don't go together. There's nothing powerful about small. And yeah, I, I would agree with you it's for the most part. And I did the same small things, and they weren't powerful enough to give the results that I wanted. Maybe that's what you're thinking. But I'm with you. For, for the last three years, I've been trying to start the habit, the small habit of journaling four or five lines a day. Just four or five lines a day, and I have failed. I have failed miserably for two straight years. I get to Valentine's Day, and I don't want to do it anymore. And so I get it. I get it. I didn't see any results. So maybe for you, it was you went to the gym four or five times a week. And for three months, you, you never saw the results that you wanted. Or maybe is you read three books in three months, and you didn't feel any smarter. You didn't look any smarter. You didn't speak any smarter. smarter. You didn't get the difference that you wanted. So there is a tension with small things that when we plant them into our daily routines, we never see the results quick enough. And that tension was in a story in the Bible in the book of Ezra. Now, the, he, the Israelite people were rebuilding the church. They were rebuilding the temple, and they were starting small. They were starting just with the foundation, just this very small step of the foundation. And what you can see in Scripture is that there were two types of people. There was one person, one type of per, pe, one group that was weeping, and then one group that was worshiping. And I think that's how we sometimes see small things. Is, is this small thing powerful or is this small thing pitiful? Is journaling four or five lines a day really going to be a powerful thing? Is that really going to make me a grateful person? Is that really going to help me be a reflective person? Or is this just pitiful? But the thing that I want you to hear today is out of Zechariah 4.10. It says this, one of my favorite verses on habits and small things. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. So our God loves to see small beginnings that pick up momentum into a huge purpose. So I'm believing that God is going to speak something to you today 
that maybe it's so small it seems ridiculous. Or maybe it's so small it seems insignificant. But I believe that with the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of small, you can put this thing into your life. And over time, you can watch how God moves and makes you closer to your purpose. He gives you your calling back. He makes you have a better destination. He gets you closer to your destiny with these small things. And you can see that in verse 32, if we can put that on the screen again. Though it is in the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree. You know, often in the Bible, we will see these amazing people of God do amazing things, miracles and movements and amazing ministries established. But I think the thing that we gloss over is the time period and the time frame when what they were doing was maybe unnoticed or maybe not even written down. So I'll give you a couple examples in Scripture. So Moses, he's one of the primary fig- figures in the Old Testament. He led the, Egypt- or the, the Hebrew people out of slavery from the Egyptians. But before he did that, he spent 40 years in the desert. Not only that, but he was working for his father-in-law, as a shepherd, 40 years as a shepherd working for a father-in-law. There, there's another person in the Old Testament, Elisha, one of the greatest prophets in the Old Testament, one of the greatest ministries in the Old Testament. And what you can see in Scripture is that from the time he was called, so he, God gave him his calling, his who, to the time he actually walked into his ministry and into the height of his success, it was eight Years And this is what Scripture says about what he was doing during those eight years. It says in 2 Kings 3.11, he used to pour water on the hands of Elijah. So he helped his leader wash his hands for eight years. Hmm. And then King David was anointed king as a shepherd boy, but wasn't made king until 15 years later. And then Paul went through three years of isolation in the desert for his ministry training, and then he launched his ministry. And even Jesus, our Savior, he, he didn't start his ministry in his early teens. He didn't start, you know, he could have. He could have started his ministry in his early 20s, but he started his ministry when he was 30. And in fact, when you look in Scripture, you can find that the last thing that's recorded of Jesus' life when he was a child was when he was 12 years old. You can find me in my father's house is what Jesus said at 12. And from 12 to 30, there's nothing written. Something happened, but nothing was written. And here's the point. Write this down. I love that it's the small things that seem invisible that produce the big things that become invaluable. The small things that seem invisible become the big things that become invaluable. You know, we often see these stories in the Bible, but we see it in our day and age. We see it today. We see these instant success stories, but what we don't see, what was happening under the surface all along. The little things they were faithful with, so they could be faithful with much. And you can find this phenomenon everywhere, but in nature, you can find it in bamboo. Now, bamboo can barely be seen for the first five years as it builds extensive root systems underground before exploding 90 feet in just six weeks. So five years of just roots, unnoticeable growth, 
unnoteworthy things. Five years of little growth and a foundation for six weeks of exponential growth. So with the power of small, I want to encourage you with this this week, that your, that your work isn't being wasted, it's being warehoused. Your, 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 your work isn't being squandered, it's being stored. And so what I want to talk to you about today is that process before the growth explodes. The process before the growth is even seen. And this is the power of small. So the first thing we need to do, and we learned this last week, the first thing we need to do is we need to seek God. We need to, to decide who we're going to be. And oftentimes, most of, these or most of these goals are gone by Valentine's Day, just like journaling for me is because we don't start with who, we started with the do goals. So if we want to be successful in our habits, we have to start with who before the do. And so the second thing I want to impress upon you this week is that to get that new identity, to prove that new identity to yourself with small wins or small habits. The point of building new habits isn't the outcome, but the point of building new habits is rebuilding your identity. So it's not about the outcome, it's about the identity. And how do you get there? Is with small victories over a long period of time. And I love this, that the word identity was originally derived from two Latin words. The first one is ascentitas. Say ascentitas. This feels so epic to me. I don't know why. So two words, ascentitas, which means being, and identidem. Say identidem. Identidem, which means repeatedly. So you have being and repeatedly. So that means your identity is literally your repeated beingness. So this is one reason why meaningful change doesn't have to require radical change because the process of building small habits is actually the process of becoming who you want to be. And so small habits, the paradox of it all is that small habits can make a meaningful difference by providing evidence of a new identity. And if a change is meaningful, it is actually big. And that's the paradox of small improvements. And that brings me to my second point as you're taking notes today, is that massive success doesn't require massive action. And I think we convince, of our, convince ourselves of that because of what we see. We see these instant success stories. We see all these things sprout up exponentially, but we don't really look at the small things they were faithful with to get there. And so, that is the lie that we believe is that we convince ourselves that massive success requires massive action, where the kingdom of God, just like we read, is completely different. Each little small thing that we achieve teaches us something more, far more valuable or far more important. It teaches us to trust ourselves or trust this new identity. So every time you write a page, you're a writer. Every time you spend valuable time with your kids, you're a good parent. Every time that you go to the gym, you're a healthy person. Every time you encourage other people, you are a leader. So the great thing about getting all these votes for this positive new change is that like any election, we know this, it doesn't have to be unanimous, right? 
So you just have to have more votes for this new identity than the old identity. Let me, let me prove it to you in my life. So in my life, for, since I was probably six or seven years old, I've had the terrible habit, and it's kind of gross, so give me grace, a terrible habit of biting my nails. It's a bad habit. I would try, when I was a kid, I would try so many things every five years or so to break this habit, but I can never break it. I can never break it. I tried everything. I would like snap my rubber band on my hand. You ever do that? To try to break a bad habit. Or I would put like hot sauce all over my hands, which was terrible. That's a terrible thing to do. Don't do that. And it never worked. It never worked until about halfway through last year, I realized that my habit was connected to a wrong identity about myself. My habit was connected to every time I was anxious, every time I was fearful, every time I didn't have confidence, I would cope by biting my nails. And so I had to figure out, no, I'm a person of peace. I'm a child of God. My confidence is in the Lord. I have the confidence that I need. I can work slow. I don't have to be anxious. And I stand before you today with nine out of ten votes on my hands today. (laughs) You got to give me a little grace. Got to give me a little grace. I was preparing a sermon this week, which is really stressful. But nine beats one every time. So have this new identity When you have enough votes for this new identity, the story you write about yourself starts to change. The story takes a new narrative. You start to be the one in charge of who you are. And when you have enough votes for this new identity, the story changes. So your goal is simply to win the majority of the time. So doing small, easy things daily gives you the best opportunity for the most votes and the wins for your new identity. And so how do we sustain these habits now? How do we sustain it? That's my second or third point. I even lost track. I should write that down. But it's too small to fail. What we need to do is create habits that are too small to fail. Because once you have the momentum of a new identity, you can start to see some of that progress. You can start to see that compound interest start to take effect in your life. You know, if you only complete one extra task at work a day, just one extra task, that's right now not very meaningful. But over an entire career, that has huge meaning and huge ramifications. If you only read five to ten minutes a day, so that's a chapter of a book a day, read or listen. And if you read or listen that to that book, you can have 12 books in a year or 60 books in five years. If you, if you want to lose weight or be healthy, you, all you have to do is 150 calories a day. That's the extra bowl of cereal or the extra pop that you have at dinner. And what that does is 150 calories a day can equal 15 pounds in a year. A little thing. And maybe your, your goal this year, which is an amazing goal, and I want to encourage you, challenge everyone in this room to pick up a spiritual goal this year, a faith goal. If you just read one chapter a day in the Bible, just one chapter, that's five to ten minutes, you could read the entire New Testament in nine months. Or you could write, read the entire Bible in just over three years. Just by this small thing, 
that adds up over time to change your identity, to build momentum and give you that new identity. You know, Darren Hardy, who wrote The Compound Effect, said this about simple things. What is simple to do is also simple not to do. The magic isn't in the complexity of the task, but the magic is in the doing of simple things repeatedly and long enough to ignite the miracle of the compound effect. So that tension we talked about, the problem with small things is that what is simple to do is also simple not to do. And so I was geeking out, I got to be honest with you. I was geeking out this week trying to find all of these small things that create these big results in our lives. And one of my favorite illustrations that I found about direction, where we're heading in our life, is, is about an airline pilot. So a uh, pilot of an airplane, and they take off from Los Angeles, and they're headed towards New York. But at the very beginning, the pilot changes the heading just 3.5 degrees, 3.5 degrees, just a small difference. And because of that small difference, they don't land in New York. They land in Washington, D.C. And Belinda, you can come on out. Is you land in Washington, D.C. So that's a 225-mile difference with just 98 inches of a change. So maybe that's where you find yourself here today, is that you're maybe at a destination that you never thought you'd be at. Maybe you're at a place in your life that you never wanted to be in the first place. But the great thing is that today could be the day where you shift just a little bit and focus on the person of Christ, and it makes the biggest difference of your life. It gets you to the destination you are actually called for. It gets you to the destiny that you are actually called for. It gets you to the life, the marriage, the, the leadership, the work that you are actually called for. And this is the power of small things. The power of small things. The power of small. And I want to end today's message today with a story, a parable. There was a, a wise teacher and a young pupil. And this wise teacher and this young pupil were walking through the forest, and they, they came upon a little sapling just barely coming out of the ground. And the wise teacher asked the young people, go ahead and pull that out. So he just took one hand and he pulled it out really easy. So they kept walking. And this wise teacher brought them to the next sapling, which was just up to the young pupil's knee. And he asked him to pull this uproot, this sapling. So he bends down, grabs it with two hands this time, and has to pull a little bit harder to uproot it. And so they keep walking. They keep walking, and they come upon the third tree, which is just up to the young pupil's head. And the, the wise teacher says, now uproot this tree. And the, the young pupil starts in, and he pulling and pulling, and he finds sticks and stones that are around, and he cuts and pulls and cuts and pulls. And even after exhaustion, he pulls the tree out of the dirt. 
Now he's exhausted. He's following his wise teacher. And they finally stop. And he said, this is the fourth tree. And he follows his gaze. And he's showing him this mighty oak tree. He can't even see the top of this tree. And the young pupil says, I'm sorry, but I can't. And this is what the wise teacher said. He said, my son, you've just demonstrated the power that habits will have over your life. The older they are, the bigger they get. The deeper the roots grow and the harder they are to uproot. Some get so big with roots so deep, you might hesitate to even try. You know, and I think that's oftentimes how we approach God, is that we've had a full life of habits or mistakes or hurt or regret, and we hesitate to even try to come to God. And I think it's possible that we, we can uproot some things in our life. You know, those little saplings, the little habits, we can uproot. But the truth is, if you were to try to uproot every single thing about your past, it would take you an eternity or more. It's just too big. It's too wide. There's, there's too much. And that's why we need a Savior. That's why we need Jesus. And the good news of the gospel is that, that Jesus died on a tree so that you don't have to live with yours. And there's nothing too small, there's nothing too big, there's nothing about your past that intimidates our God. And he can uproot it today, give you a fresh start today. You know, I was thinking about it, and all of these goals that we were talking about today, being a better parent, being a better husband, being a better leader, being healthy, those are great things. I'm not minimizing those things, but it's absolutely meaningless if our direction isn't Jesus, if our, our gaze, our eyes, our direction isn't in the person of Jesus Christ or becoming more like the person of Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you today, what small thing could you do today to get you closer to who Christ is? You know, who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. He is God in the flesh. His name is above every name. It says one day that every knee will bow to his name. Every tongue shall confess his lordship. So if you look at your life right now and, and you're living for anything else, you're shooting way too low. God loves you so much that he sent his son to show you that love. And, and Jesus loves the unrighteous. Jesus loves the sinners. Jesus loves the people who never get it right. Jesus died as a perfect sacrifice for you, that you don't have to live with your field anymore. He died and was raised again so that if you call on his name, you can have a completely new start, 
a completely fresh start. And what I hope you're going to understand is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us for this teaching at Velocity. For more great messages just like these, remember to subscribe. That way you won't miss anything. If today's message impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can do that by going to findvelocity.org give and partnering with us financially. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope this message inspired you, built your faith, and helped you see how God is moving in your life.